Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And it's happened, y'all. I'm 52. Yes, I, I can say that I'm 52. And I'm really, I don't know. I, I don't know the words I would use to describe how I feel about it. Because I, I can remember as a kid thinking, man, when I'm 50, I'll be old. <laughs> I remember thinking that as a kid. But I could, I could tell you now, I don't feel old. Now, there are some definite differences in my body and its ability compared to what it used to be. For example, I, I just can't just walk into a park and play a pickup game of basketball right now. <laughs> I have to go and, and stretch first and make sure I don't pop a hamstring or something. But I, you know, I just can't pick up and do what I used to do. Or the other thing that I've noticed, I can't lose weight the way that I used to be able to lose weight. I mean, when I was younger, I could cut weight something fierce. Now, yeah, it's not something fierce. <laughs> it's not something even to worry about. But it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm still in this process, still in this journey of trying to be better at what it is that I do with when it comes to my eating and those other elements. But I can tell you, I don't lose weight as fast as I used to when I was younger. Uh, the other thing that I think I've noticed is that it takes longer for my body to recover than it used to take. And then not only that, it's easier for my body to get sore <laughs> than it used to be. So there, there are some definite differences that I feel physically, but I don't necessarily feel them mentally. Like I still feel in my mind, like I, I have the capacity to be able to do some things. I, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what old was supposed to feel like according to the mentality that I had when I was a kid. I don't know what old was supposed to feel like, but I, I guess I just don't feel like I'm there yet. <laughs> I don't. Now, I'm, I might be looking at the other side of the hill, starting to roll down the other side of the hill. But as far as feeling old, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that yet. But I, I will say that one of the things that was really cool that happened for my birthday, and I kind of talked about this before I went to the game, is the Buccaneers came in town to play the Rams at SoFi Stadium. And I have to be honest, I talked a lot of trash before that game. Our associate pastor, Stan, is a Rams fan. And I said a lot of things about how the Bucks were going to beat the Rams, beat beat the Rams. 
But I can tell you now, there's one less crow in Torrance, California, because I had to eat it. <laughs> the bugs came out here and laid an egg. I mean, they, they did. And I remember going to SoFi, and, and I will tell you, like, if you are a football fan, and it doesn't matter what your team, if you are a football fan, you have to go to SoFi Stadium and check out a game there. I mean, what they've been able to build there is pretty phenomenal. Pretty phenomenal. And it doesn't feel like there's necessarily a bad seat in the house. And even if you are in a bad seat, they got this Teletron that is just crazy, massively huge. So you can just kind of look up at the screen and see what's happening. But it's kind of fun to be able to look down at the field. And I can tell you now, I had a pretty long view of the field. <laughs> if there was a, the last seat of the house at SoFi Stadium, that's the seat I was sitting in. Matter of fact, I think I saw a few like peanut angels go by me because I was in peanut heaven <laughs> while I was there watching the game. But it was still a really fantastic experience. Like I said, they built something really great. And the one thing that they've done that is phenomenal is the connection between the Rams and the fans. And I have never, I have never been to a game that was that loud. Never. Cause, and I have, I've been to, in the past, I've been to a game where the Buccaneers came out here and they played the Chargers. And that was, that was a lot of fun. I also went to the Coliseum and saw a couple of years ago for my 50th birthday, I was able to go to the Coliseum and watch the, Bucks beat the Rams uh, that game, which is really great for my birthday. I really enjoyed that. But going to SoFi Stadium, man, it's loud. Like, I've never been around anything that loud. I've been to Laker games, and Laker games can get pretty loud. I went to the NBA Finals uh, in 2001. That's probably the closest that I could say that was too this loud. But what they've created at SoFi, and I think part of it is you have the cheering of the crowd, but you also have the stadium. Over the stadium, there's like a roof that's kind of over the stadium, so the sound just goes up and then just bounces right back, back down uh, into the field. So it does. It gets loud. I mean, it is, it is no joke about how loud it gets which made it, which was another avenue that made it a lot of fun. It, it really did. Somewhat. Till the end of the game. When I saw what the Rams did the Bucks. <laughs> but the overall environment is a lot of fun. They've done something really, really incredible at SoFi Stadium. But it's really cool to be able to be there and watch the Bucks. And, and I knew that there were some challenges that the Bucks had. But I still thought that it was possible for them to be able to pull this game off. However, the, the challenges that they had, they just couldn't. They, they couldn't slow down the ramp defense when it came to trying to sack Tom Brady. Uh, they couldn't score, and the Bucks couldn't score the way that they normally do. It, it really did make a big difference. And... You know, I, I walked away with, yay, kind of, sort of. 
because I was excited about being at the game, but I was also like, man, I wish the Bucks could have won for my birthday. Now I can tell you, September 18th is Pastor Stan's birthday. So I can tell you the Rams won for his birthday. <laughs> so he walked out a happy camper. He did. And he made it tough for me to live with for a week or so after the game. <laughs> but it was deserved. It was deserved because I laid it on pretty thick. So I, I had it coming back. But have you ever had those moments for yourself where you wanted to do something and wanted to have an, have an experience? And the experience was great, but one of the things that I do on the side is I do weddings to earn a little bit of extra money. It was interesting because last year with COVID, there were people who decided to do like a small ceremony and just live stream it. And it had that feeling. It, it was, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about getting married. I'm excited about uniting with my husband or uniting with my wife. I'm excited about that. But, and that but was, man, I wish my family and friends could be here. I mean, one of the couples whose wedding I did, he was from Europe and his family was not allowed I think he's from Denmark and his family was not able to fly out for the wedding because of the ban that we had with not allowing Europeans to come into America during COVID. And I think that's just lifted recently. But you look at all of those things combined and people had that excitement. Like, I'm, I'm excited, but it's kind of one of those things. And, and what about when you have those opportunities that really doesn't live up to all you thought it would be maybe you had someone tell you about a restaurant and they were like man you got to go check out this restaurant this restaurant is so it's so good and the way that they describe the restaurant like your mouth is watering and you just can't wait to go check it out so then you show up at the restaurant and it's like man why did i come to this place <laughs> the food is good but it wasn't as good as you described. And then you see them again. And they're like, how was it? And you don't want to disappoint them. So you're like, ah, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm not going back, but it's good. <laughs> Have you ever had those moments? Or what about a movie? Someone tells you, you got to see this movie. This movie is so good. And then you see it. And it doesn't live up to what? it promised and i'll be honest i'm excited about the new matrix movie coming out in december but there's a part of me that's like i need to measure myself so that i don't get disappointed by this movie i'd rather be surprised by its goodness than to have the experience being the other way around and yes you could tell i'm in my backyard and i'm recording this afternoon in my backyard, outside, because you know, you guys know how much I love it out here. So you may hear some planes go over. You may hear some dogs barking. You may hear some bells jingling. But we're going to have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> we are going to have a good time. So with that in mind, we are in a series that we've been doing called Self Mastery. The idea behind this series is really for us to be able to look at ourselves 
and say, what can I do to be the best version of myself possible? A couple weeks ago when we launched this series, I gave a definition of self-mastery. And one was from Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, and it says self-mastery, the ability to control one's own desires or impulses. And I also love what it said with the Collins Dictionary, self-mastery, the ability to take control of one's life without being blown off course by feelings, urges, circumstances, etc. I, I love that definition as well. I mean, when, when you look into that, I mean, it, it lays it out very clearly. One's ability to not be thrown off course by feelings, urges, circumstances. Because we, we've all been there, right? There's been a path that we've wanted to go on or a place that we wanted to choose or, or, or somewhere that we wanted to be that we kind of had a, a picture of ourselves being in this place. And now all of a sudden we feel like we have been thrown off course. So in James chapter one, verses 13 through 15, it says, and remember when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Now, I love what it says there when we look at which entices us and drags us away and drags us away. So when we look at it from that perspective, when it comes to this idea of self-mastery, and I know that some people may be uncomfortable with that. I know that there are some people when it comes to anything that is connected to the idea of self, whether it is self-care, self-preservation, you know, it doesn't matter. But there are some people who will hear the term self and automatically disqualify it because they think that the whole goal of Christianity is just that, is to get rid of self, is to take the focus off of self. And there's some truth to that. I mean, absolutely. But I think what we have to be careful, though, is to make sure that we don't ignore self. Because that's where self-mastery can become very dangerous when we have no self-understanding. When we have no self-awareness. I mean, that's that's huge. I love what Leonardo da Vinci says. One can have no smaller or greater mastery than the mastery of oneself. I love that. And there's a guy named Wes Felsler who said this. He said, self-mastery is the challenge of transforming yourself from your own worst enemy into your greatest ally. From your own worst enemy into your greatest ally. And, and I'll tell you, I mentioned this in our church. I think that our our focus on our own greatest enemy has been misplaced. See, I, I think we look at our greatest enemy as Satan. And no doubt, I, I will tell you, I do believe in spiritual warfare. I, I do believe that Satan will tempt us. I do believe 
that Satan will try to wreck our lives. I, I do believe that. However, I also believe Satan will only have as much power as we allow him to have over our lives. It's like the old adage, right? You can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. It's kind of the same way. Satan can lead us to water. He can tempt us. He can put all of those elements before us. But the truth is, he can't make us drink. He can't make us drink. Satan only has as much power as we allow him to have. So when it comes to this, we have to decide who's going to be the master of us. I love what it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 12. It says, do not let sin control the way you live. Let me say that again. Do not let sin control the way you live. So now here's the question. Who's the master? <laughs> that brought a flashback. There was this movie done in the 1980s and maybe the early 90s but it was called the last dragon and it was about this kid named bruce leroy and uh, it took place like in harlem and that kind of thing and there was this one guy who was like his enemy show enough and the whole idea of this movie is bruce leroy was a fan of bruce lee and he wanted to become a martial arts master and so he would come into contact with this guy named Shonuf. Shonuf was his enemy. And what Shonuf would do is Shonuf would walk around and Shonuf would say, who's the master? Who's the master? And the idea, of course, that everyone would say, Shonuf is the master. You're the master. But by the end of the movie, there's this process that Bruce Leroy goes through and Shonuf, that he gets into a fight with Shonuf and Shonuf is man handling Bruce Leroy but there's this one point where he ducks Bruce Leroy into this tank trying to drown him and he pulls him up and he says to Bruce Leroy who's the master and Bruce Leroy says I am I am that's actually one of my favorite movie moments but I can tell you <laughs> the movie itself is terrible <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's horrible. I tried to show it to my kids because I was like, watch this movie. And they were like, Dad, you are crazy. I'm not watching this. This is horrible. And it, you know, it's one of those things where you go back and you watch it 30 years later and you realize, oh boy, it was bad. But in the 80s, it was great. <laughs> it was great. But when it comes to this idea of mastery, I guess maybe that's a great question to ask. Who's the master? Who's the master? Because again, it says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not give in. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. And here's the part, verse 14. Sin is no longer your master. 
For you no longer live under the requirements of, of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So we've been set free. We've been set free. So when we look at this idea of mastery, self-mastery, if we can get it, it's massive. It really does change everything. I've come to the realization that knowing the truth and living the truth are two very different things. Let me say that again. Knowing the truth and living the truth are two very different things. And just because you know the truth, and I know people say, well, you know, it says in scripture, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Is it possible that maybe Jesus' definition of no may be different than our definition of no? Because when we think of the word no, we, we think of like, I know you or I know math. My, my daughter's in the house right now and she is studying for math and I'm looking at what she's doing. And I could tell you now, I, I cannot do math like that anymore. <laughs> you lose me once numbers are gone. <laughs> I, I don't I, I, because I don't use it. I've lost all those math skills that I had at one point. But why? I don't know the formulas anymore. I don't know the facts anymore. But here's the thing. Even if I knew them, I would know how to do the problems. But would the problems change my life? That's the issue. Well, let's look at it this way. I know that I should eat. Well, maybe that's a little too close to home. <laughs> I know that I should exercise. Well, that's a little bit close to home too. But the, the truth is, I know that I should eat well and I know that I should exercise. Do I do it? Unfortunately, no. So maybe Jesus' definition of no is not according to someone's mental acumen when it comes to knowing the facts. Just because I know the facts of Scripture doesn't mean that I know Scripture. Now, the definition of know that Jesus was actually giving in Scriptures is the kind of know where I have lived and experienced something. And so based on what I have lived and I have experienced, there are things that I just know. And I've had those conversations with my kids. There, there, there are times where I've, I've told my kids, like, hey, that's probably not a good decision in that direction. Well, well why not, Dad? I just, I've been through some life experience and I just know. And I might even share stories of that life experience with them. But I've had those moments where they come back and they said, Dad, I should have listened to you. You were right. You were right. And I know my, my kids are all in that teenage realm of life. You know, the realm that we hit with our parents 
where we thought our parents don't know a thing. <laughs> my kids are kind of at that point as well. But actually, my kids are great. So there are moments where we have conversations. There are moments that they have to figure things out. But that's the kind of no that it talks about. It the, the no that Jesus is talking about there is just not your grasp of mental knowledge. It, it's the no where you have experienced something intimately. And you know it so well, it changes the way that you live. That kind of no. I know that I should stop when the red light flashes. So you know what I do? I stop. That knowledge has affected my actions. In my marriage, there are things that I know. And that knowledge affects the quality of my life. <laughs> so there are things that we just know. And basically what self-mastery is, is self-mastery is allowing our lives to go through and process the truths of Scripture to apply them in such a way that it changes who we are and what we do. It changes who we are and what we do. James Faust Put it this way, and I love this. Self-mastery is a challenge for every individual. Only we can control our appetites and passions. Self-mastery cannot be bought by money or fame. It is the ultimate test of our character. It requires climbing out of the deep valleys of our lives and scaling our own Mount Everests. And scaling our own Mount Everests. And we all have them. I, I talked about that in our in my message, I think a couple weeks ago, where I said we all we all have that one thing. We all have that one thing. That one struggle, that one challenge, that one wrestle. We, we have that one thing that is a part of our character, that is a part of our soul that just continues to plague us, that continues to challenge us. We all have that one thing. And self-mastery is, is learning how to climb, like, and I love that, to climb our own personal Mount Everests of that one thing. And I think the way that we do that, one of the ways that we do that is to go back because unfortunately I was not able to record the podcast last week. So I'm kind of combining my thoughts from two messages into this one podcast. But don't worry, it won't be a long podcast. <laughs> I won't extend the podcast because I'm combining two things. But 
But one of the ways that we can change our struggle is to begin to change the way that we think about it. Our thoughts really do determine our lives. One of the things that I said on Sunday consistently is you change your thoughts, you'll change your life. Change your thoughts, change your life. Many times what our strategy is when it comes to seeing change happen is we try to muscle our way through it. We try to fight our way through it. We try to grit our teeth and overcome. If, if I could just pull myself up by my bootstraps to overcome this thing and we wrestle and we fight and we wrestle and we fight and we lose. But wait, can you just read a passage? It says, Can, do not let sin control what you do. The sin is no longer your master. So if that's the case, then, Ken, why do I have this struggle? And maybe it goes back to what Jesus said. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the question is, have you embraced the truth in that part of your brain when it comes to your struggle? Have you embraced the truth in that part of your brain when it comes to your setback? Have you embraced the truth in that part of your brain? So the key is learning how to think differently. If you go through the scriptures and you begin to look at the movement of God in our lives, you will notice that what God does is God changes us at our very core. But now the challenge is once my core has been changed, do my thoughts match my core? Do my thoughts match my core? There it is. There used to be this thought that no one could break the four minute mile until it was broken by a man named Roger Bannister. He was the first human being to ever run a sub four minute mile. He did it on May 6, 1954. 1954. And once he did it, then the record, uh, people started running under four minute miles. The record started to be broken and get less and less and less and less. It's, it's just amazing to think that. So what happens is when it comes to life, we all have this challenge of self-mastery where we hit a limit, where we hit a challenge and it feels like we just can't overcome it. But here's what Roger, Roger Bannister was able to do is he spurred people on to begin to think differently about the four minute mile. See, people went from thinking the four minute mile is something no one could ever break or no one could ever do to, wow, it's possible. 
It's possible. So here's what I want you to understand when it comes to self-mastery, when it comes to that one area, we have them and we think there's no way I can change it. There's no way that I can grow. There's no way that I can overcome this. There's, there's no way that I can beat this. That's your four minute mile. So what God has done is God has placed in you the divine power to have your life changed. He's placed in you the divine power to do so. The trick is how do we tap into it? And I think it really boils down to one of the things that it boils down to is the way that we think. Have we allowed the truth of scripture to change the way that we think about our struggle or what, would it, what it is that we're facing? Have we allowed the truth of scripture to do that? That's the way we find victory. That's the way that we overcome. That's the way self-mastery becomes reality in our lives. Is when we begin to break through all those limits that hold us back. And the beauty of it is that God has given us the power to be able to do so. He's given us the power to be able to do so. That's why God gives us Romans chapter 6. Because the greatest thing that Jesus gave us when he went to the cross and he died for us is he gave us the ability to choose. That we could choose him. And that we could choose to love and give our lives to him. And that really is the key to self-mastery. It really is the key to being free. I really want to encourage you to tune in to the message on Sunday, whether you watch it on a live stream or hopefully if you can come in person, be great to see you there as well. But I really want to encourage you to come on out and check it out because there's this one example of this person who taps into the power of Jesus and it's really interesting because they're in a crowd of people and everybody is touching Jesus. But there's something unique about the one touch of this person to where Jesus says, who touched me? I felt power go out of me. Who touched me? And he would not rest until he found the person that touched him. What was it about this person? Because I think if we can get that, we can also begin to get what it means to practice self-mastery. So make sure that you tune in on Sunday. And of course, we'll dig into, dig into it more in the podcast next week. Well, again, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey. I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And if it has been encouragement to you, please, please, please share it with five other people. <laughs> Am I limiting it? Maybe 10 other people. But, but share it with someone that can be encouraged and uplifted by it as well. 
Because I, I just really, again, I just want you to walk away with hope. If you feel defeated by your struggle, the battle's not over. As long as you're living, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're listening, as long as you're moving, as long as you have another day, the battle is not over. And you've not been defined by your struggle. So I want to encourage you. Choose Jesus. And choose to be with him so that you can have that freedom in your life. But share this. Share this with a friend. If you're listening to the podcast on our website, please feel free to subscribe to us or follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere where you could find us. Please subscribe there. That way when we post new podcasts, you'll be one of the first ones to be notified about it and be able to listen to it. And I also wanted to announce that I've been talking about next steps, next steps, a thing that we're adding to our website. We are launching the first link of that website on our, the first link of next steps, which is the Bible and getting the most out of the Bible. We're launching that on October 17th. So, so excited about it. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. But with that in mind, encounters about three things. Love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, let's look for ways to truly be able to love others and love in. And I promise you, if we love God, love others, make a difference in the lives of others, it'll change our own life as well. So love up, love out, love in, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.